Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So I'm walking towards the Sharps Pixley Gold Bullion Shop and Vault in the heart of St. James's in London's Mayfair. If you've never been here, how can I describe it to you? It's a pretty exclusive, expensive and blingtastic part of the world. The shops here sell things like smart suits, champagne, cigars, caviar, and the one that we're going to visit sells gold bars. If you're thinking, whoa, money clinic has gone high-end, there's a good reason. On today's podcast, we're going to explore why investors want to hold gold in troubled times and the many ways that you can invest in it. Earlier in March, the gold price smashed through the $2,000 per ounce mark, the highest it's been for 19 months, as the war in Ukraine causes huge volatility on world stock markets. Many investors see gold as a safe haven. And in these times of increasing inflation and unstable financial markets, I'll be finding out whether gold could be a safer place to put your savings. Welcome to Money Clinic the weekly podcast from the Financial Times, presented by me, Claire Barrett, the FT's consumer editor. We've got a special show for you this week. They've let me out of the office, and I'm currently prowling around the heart of Mayfair in central London. But before I ended up pacing the streets of Mayfair outside gold shops, this all began in the way Money Clinic episodes always begin. One of our listeners reached out with a money query that had been on his mind. I re-found a present that someone had given me, which was a gold sovereign. In this episode, Blaze and I will be trying to figure out the role that gold could play in your investment portfolio, particularly as inflation rises at the fastest rate seen for 30 years. The fact that I could be putting money aside and this is gradually getting eroded, basically I just need to choose something that offsets that or is a sort of inflation hedge. That is, that is very important. Later in the episode, I'll get my hands on some real-life gold. Uh, here's a, uh, a one kilo gold bar, <gasps> uh, about £44,000. Wow, and that's about the size of a Nokia old-style It is. It's a little phone. bit heavier, though, if you'd like to, to feel. My hand is... Oh, my gosh, it is ever so heavy. I better not drop it. <laughs> I couldn't afford to pay for the, for the breakage. I mean, tell me again how much this is worth. It's about £44,000. £44,000. My goodness. But is it worth its weight in gold in your investment portfolio? I'll be putting this question to none other than the FT's investment columnist, Merrin Somerset-Webb. If you look at what the central banks do, you know, central banks all over the world, they don't hold bitcoins, but they do hold gold. All central banks have large amounts of gold in their reserves, which tells you that while a lot of people may think there is no, no value attached to gold, central banks certainly do. Plus, Merrin will be giving her two cents on what other investments could help protect you from rising inflation. But before we get to that, let's hear a little more from podcast listener Blaze. I caught up with him in the FT studio in the heart of the City of London. My name's Blaze, 34. I live in London and I work for a media company. Tell me a little bit 
about why you got in touch with the podcast. Yes. So it's a very specific question. Um, and over the last two years, I think um, I've been trying to identify different sort of potential things to invest in. And something that's very important to me is stability. So something that I know I can put my money into, and it won't lose value, or at least there won't be the likelihood of losing value. First thing on Blaze's personal finance checklist was paying off his credit card debts. After he had done that, and eradicated credit cards from his life completely, he turned his mind to saving. Blaze has not yet dipped his toe fully into investing and holds most of his savings in cash. Is there any reason why stability and security is so important to you? I think um, basically I'm just very concerned about political decisions that might affect my savings, my investments, say, for example, the rate of inflation, the cost of living. So at this stage, I don't really have the appetite for high growth or sort of risk or putting money into anything as volatile as cryptocurrency. Um, Definitely not. But equally, you're aware that if you put money into a cash savings account, (laughs) you think it's safe, (laughs) good old cash, but inflation is is eroding the, the value. Absolutely. What kind of research have you been doing into investments that can perhaps perform better than others in times of high inflation? One thing that sort of does stand out um, is uh, gold. I would say um, either investing in it as a physical asset because it retains its, well, keeps its value over time, but certainly never completely loses value. Um, other options include, um, say, gold ETFs. Um, mm-hmm. It's an exchange-traded fund. So you're not yes. buying real gold, you're buying into an index yes. that's linked to the gold price. Absolutely. Um, that certainly is an attractive option. I think the very practical aspect is that it's um, you don't need to physically store it. And you can easily trade in and out of it. Exactly. Blaze already owns some physical gold. When inflation really started to rise at the end of last year, he remembered that he'd been given a gold sovereign many years ago as a gift. And it just reminded me that um, gold sovereigns, one, they're exempt from VAT, they're technically legal tender in the UK, and also that they're exempt from capital gains tax. So if you're a UK resident, they are an attractive option to invest in. And it's something I would consider building up a collection of. A quick history lesson. First minted in the year 1489 during the reign of Henry VII, Gold sovereigns were not the first gold coins to enter circulation, but they were the largest and most valuable ever seen at that time. They get their name from guess what? Yes, the picture of the king. Until 1603, succeeding monarchs all chose to mint new versions of the sovereign themselves as an indication of their power and strength. But sovereigns came back into fashion after Napoleon was defeated at the Battle of Waterloo, since when the reverse image has featured St George slaying the dragon. Older coins are highly collectible, and new ones continue to be minted today, featuring the image of Queen Elizabeth II. Blaze decided to grow his gold collection and bought a newly minted sovereign from an online website called Bullion by Post. It was completely untouched. It was unblemished. It has a very nice sheen. And it's the classical design, so it's the same as the uh, the original one that was minted in the 19th century. He then bought a third sovereign from the same gold shop he later took me to. More on that shortly. 
they vary, but I mean, it's about £350, I would say, for a gold sovereign. And gold prices seemingly generally go up during periods of instability or uncertainty. Safe haven asset. So probably like people like me sort of trying to hoard. <laughs> <laughs> Your goblin-like yep. den of coins. It's, um, it's quite a, I don't know, it's quite a, I wouldn't say a basic instinct, but it's like it's an instinct um, that must be have developed many, many centuries ago, like this instinct to sort of preserve something or sort of to have something that you you feel as if it will keep you sort of safe, kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, not that you bear any physical resemblance to Gollum at all whatsoever, but the thought going through my head is very much precious. <laughs> exactly, precious. yeah. Um, and uh, in fact, when, the, when it was delivered, uh, the coin, uh, there was a slight... A brief moment where I, I did sort of um, you gollumed it, out, yes, because <laughs> it's sort of uh, it's quite an unusual thing to do these days. It's uh, we're sort of when people do invest or um, buy things, it's very much like online. Yeah, you're, you're sort of desensitised from the yeah from the value of things. Um, so yes, that image did come to my mind, but hopefully it won't turn into a sort of unhealthy um, sort of life altering obsession. <laughs> Now that Blaze has started to increase his gold hoard, this has thrown up other questions. If you buy it, how do you store it? And where? Or crucially, how? And all the options that were presented incurred a cost, because usually this would mean storage um, and a variety of options. But it's something you have to basically factor into the cost of investing. So my question is, is this in fact a sensible thing to do? Are there other options apart from investing in physical gold? And if they are, what are they? A classic safe haven for jittery investors to retreat to. When stock markets fall, the gold price tends to rise. The conflict in Ukraine has sent shockwaves through world markets. Since the start of this year, the gold price has climbed by around 8%. At the time of recording this episode in March, it had exceeded level seen soon after the onset of the pandemic in 2020. Merrin Somerset Webb has plenty of practical tips for Blaze, but first, let's get back to that gold shop. Do you think right. we look smart enough to go in? I hope so. Causing, causing an alert. certainly do. I don't know about me. <laughs> oh, they're coming to us in. Good morning. We're from the FD. The security guard unlocks the front door to let us in. This is not the type of shop that you can just wander into. While we wait to speak to the manager, Blaze and I have a nose around the shiny display cabinets. After a little bit of gawping at what's on display, Giles Maber, sales director at Sharps Pixley, is ready for us with some polished sales patter. Giles Maber, sales director at Sharps Pixley. On the shop floor, there's a cashier, a woman behind what I assume is a bulletproof glass screen. Ten old gold coins. Giles asks her to get out some gold to show us. Sorry, Nick, can we get a tube of the 2022 sovereign as well? A tube? A tube. You, have, you keep sovereigns in a tube, like Sterodent tablets. Uh, so sovereigns come in tubes of 25, wow. directly from the mint. The mint's in Wales, isn't that? Tubes. Uh, the mint is in Wales, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give it a shake. Wow. Gosh. So it's kind of like a, a coppery gold colour. It is. So a sovereign's actually 22 carats. So it contains about 8.3% copper which just makes it a little bit more durable. But the, the wonderful thing about the new 2022 coin is that it is actually uh, to celebrate Her Majesty's 
Platinum Jubilee this year. It's obviously the longest standing monarch. Uh, Maybe monarch. you're getting the same impression as me that collecting sovereigns is quite a good hobby for a royalist. So this is a celebration uh, for Her Majesty. And how much would one of those cost me today, roughly? Uh, £330. And how many did you say were in that little tube that you Uh, just shook? 25. You can buy them individually, though, if you like. (laughs) (laughs) Or they come in monster boxes of 500, if you'd like. Technically, gold sovereigns are legal tender. You could spend one in a shop, assuming it's not card payments only, but the face value of the coin is only £1. Seeing as a newly minted sovereign could be worth over £350 at today's prices, that would surely be a case of fool's gold. This is why, as Blaze mentioned earlier, any coins from the UK's Royal Mint are not subject to capital gains tax. Um, there is a little bit of collectible value attached to the older sovereigns. I mean, they, they, they pull on the heartstrings of some of our older clients a little bit. Not that they're old enough to remember uh, George V, of yeah. course. Um, but yes, I mean, some people do prefer the look and feel of the older coin. And how much would that set me back? Uh, so George V would be about £340. Oh, OK. It's only about £10 more. After we had some fun playing around with the gold coins and bars that Giles had produced, he showed us into one of the shop's side rooms, away from the steady inflow of customers coming in to check on their prized belongings. The day we visited coincided with the Bank of England announcing an interest rate hike. So, Giles, I mean, we're in this amazing private room above your famous vault, um, looking at screens showing that the gold price is actually having quite a good day today, partly because the Bank of England has just raised interest rates and warned that inflation could shoot past 7% in April. What is that doing for business here in your in your gold shop? In 2022, so far this year, uh, our January revenue was 110% up on our January 21 revenue wow. uh, and about 70% Uh, of that total revenue was clients buying metal. Now, we've seen a huge inflow of new clients uh, who are of an older generation, uh, clients who can remember the 70s, remember what it's like to have a double-digit inflation uh, and and what might happen to their savings as a result. Um, So we've seen a huge inflow. Uh, We're talking six, seven-figure investments this year. Uh, Clients increasingly pivoting away from national savings and investment schemes uh, and buying gold bullion uh, and, and gold investment coins. Gosh. <clears throat> and then younger customers, Blaze, you're 35. You started getting interested in gold mm-hmm. within the last two years. Mm-hmm. But are you seeing many more customers who are, who are younger, like, like Blaze, interested in this? Um, yes, we are. It's a difficult market to crack. Uh, I think you know people become quite frustrated uh, with gold, particularly the younger generation, because you know, they see these headlines of, of huge thousand percent returns with cryptocurrencies, uh, and that's not what gold does. Uh, we see a lot of younger generation uh, clients investing in gold, and, and some you do not avoid the pitfalls, which are, are simply that you know, the gold, we suggest as a, a company here, that you know, a physical gold investment, that the investment horizon should be three to five years, perhaps. Um, you know, we're looking for steady gold price appreciation. But then one of the things, Blaze, that you like about mm. gold is the fact that 
you can see it, you can handle it, you can hold it. It's tangible in a way that something like a cryptocurrency isn't. Yes. And it um, has durability as well. I mean, it's been um, a store of value for centuries, whereas cryptocurrency, what, less than 10 years old? Don't know where it's going. Extremely volatile. Um, whereas gold, you can read, read about it and even 500 years ago. People were trading in it and it was a store of value. Yeah, I mean, look, we obviously couldn't agree more. Uh, there's an old adage, which is whoever holds the gold makes the rules. Uh, but if you're buying physical gold, you should be able to come and, come and touch it and feel it. But where should you be keeping the gold in order to be able to handle it? And how much might you have to pay? This is one of the things that Blaze was particularly keen to know. So how much does it cost to store gold? Uh, so we have a couple of different tier levels. Uh, anything up to a million pounds is charged at 0.3% uh, based on the value. And then above that, it's 0.25, which is our sort of tier one uh, category. And that's per year? That's per year, yes. So that's an all-risks insurance policy, uh, irrespective of commodity price fluctuations. And we charge clients annually in advance. So if I were to purchase a £1,000 worth of gold, it would cost me £3 a year to store it in your vault? Uh, there are minimum storage charges uh, per oh. year, which can be uh, negotiated. Uh, they typically range from, they start at about £300. So uh, normally clients choose to vault with us if their holdings start at about £100,000 in value. Uh, otherwise, we usually recommend a safe deposit box to clients, uh, but that starts at £250. A year? A year, yes. So at these prices, for someone like Blaze, who only has around £1,000 worth of gold, paying for storage doesn't really seem like a cost-effective option. After I stepped out of the Sharps Pixley Gold Bullion Shop, I was feeling slightly dazzled by all of the shiny metals. But after shaking the gold dust out of my hair, I thought it'd be good to get a bit of a scent check. And who better to call on than Merrin Somerset Webb? Now, Merrin, this isn't the first time we've had you on Money Clinic, but for listeners who haven't met you before, could you introduce yourself? I am Meryn Zomset-Webb. I am editor-in-chief of Money Week magazine, and I am a columnist in the, well, three times a month in the money section of the FT and uh, once a month in the main section of the weekend FT. She's also the author of a new book, Share Power, about how investors can help shape capitalism for the better. Now, I've sent you some details about Blaze, our young investor, who's into gold. What do you make of him? What was your first impression? Well, the first thing is that I was a bit worried about his his caution in that it's I'm not quite sure how long his favorite asset class has been cash, but that's been a you know, it hasn't been the best place to be for the last well, the last uh, last forever actually. <laughs> and I've always taken the view that I look at things, I have an opinion on things, I'm very often wrong. So I hedge my position. So looking at what he's been doing, you know, he's he's been holding lots of cash, now he's worried about cash, so he wants to hold gold. I worry that he's not, he hasn't got any insurance in there against being wrong about these asset classes. So the worry again there is that he may end up holding too much gold. We always say, you know, hold 5 to 10% of your portfolio in gold or, or gold-related instruments, um, except for in, in extreme times. Maybe this is about to be an extreme time. We'll find out. So let's look a little bit about the case for holding gold. So you've said most normal people as an insurance for their investment portfolio could consider holding 5% of the total value, maybe even 10% in gold. Why would they do that? 
They do it because gold is effectively an insurance kind of against everything. People always think of it as, as an insurance against inflation, but it's also, you know, it does pretty well in times of deflation. It, well, it does well in times of chaos and political difficulty when the currency is sort of whipsawing all over the place. It doesn't always do well in short periods of inflation. But if you go to the 1970s, for example, which is a period of extreme inflation, you know, so high that by our standards, we can barely imagine it. Gold did extremely well. It was one of the few assets out there that could give you any protection at all. One of the limitations in holding gold is that, unlike other investments, it doesn't generate an income. When most people think about gold, they think bling. They think it's only for the super rich to get involved in. Are they right? Or... Could anyone, even listeners with a low, medium-sized investment portfolio, think about investing in gold? Oh, absolutely. Although we're not going to keep using the word investing because we're not talking about this as an investment. We're talking about if we're buying physical gold, we're talking about that as an insurance. When I think about an investment, an investment has to offer me some kind of yield, has to give me a reason to hold it every day, right? A dividend or a coupon, an interest rate, etc. Now, gold doesn't do that. And that's one of the reasons why it's worth holding when real interest rates are negative, because you're not giving up as much as you would otherwise. So if you do want to buy gold, what's the best way of going about it? Blaze adopted for sovereigns because of the future tax advantages. But Merrin has something to take into consideration. The extent of the retailer's markup. The smaller the coin is, it tends to be the higher the premium you'll pay. And as I say, the ones that are... um, exempt from capital gains tax, so as British gold sovereigns, they will probably have a slightly higher premium on them as well because they're more desirable because you won't be paying that tax at the end. So if you do have physical gold, coins or bars, where's best to hold it? Well, Merrin says that if you're a true gold bug, then perhaps a safe in your home is your best bet. There's an extreme version of being a gold bug, which is very much about holding your gold because you think the entire fiat money system is going to collapse because you think our political system is unstable because you believe that government debt is unsustainable and therefore the whole foundations of our financial world are going to collapse and the only place to hide is in physical metal. That's a real gold bug. Now, if you really believe that, you should only hold your gold physically, right? You should have uh, gold bars and coins buried in your garden or hidden under your bed. You shouldn't even have them in a, a safety deposit box at a bank because, you know, that bank could go bust or up in flames, etc. What about other ways of putting your money in gold without actually buying the physical stuff? There's ETFs, exchange-traded funds, which are pegged to the gold price, meaning investors can hold virtual exposure to the gold price inside their ISA or pension. Right, so if you hold an ETF that is reflecting the price of gold for you, that's a great thing to hold if you just want to get the benefit of the gold price going up. But if you believe there's something wrong with the financial system, you probably don't want an ETF. You just you just want the gold itself, right? Because you can't be sure when the whole thing collapses that you'll continue to hold the gold via the ETF. Um, but an ETF is a great way to, to get the, the price of gold reflected in your portfolio. Another route is buying shares in companies that mine gold and other precious metals. If you hold gold miners, you want to be very careful. You want to make sure they are actually mining gold, not just thinking about mining gold, talking about mining gold, or digging a hole in the hope of mining gold. So you want to hold established gold mining companies that definitely mine, process, and sell gold. Now, the benefit there is that they tend to be leveraged to the gold price. So if the gold price goes up, the shares in the gold miners should go up more. Obviously, that is, is riskier. Everything leveraged is risky. But if the gold price goes up, you will get an extra benefit there. Or... 
you could put your money into a gold fund. The fund will hold physical gold and will also hold gold mining equities, for example. Finally, Blaze is looking to gold as a hedge against rising inflation. Merrin doesn't view gold as an investment, but as an insurance policy. So what are her views on other investments that could help your money keep pace with inflation? Let's think about you know, why inflation is going up. It's because the price of real assets is going up, right? So the price of metals is going up, the price of energy is going up. So you want to be invested in things that, that reflect those prices. So look at real estate investment trusts, look at some uh, commercial property, uh, look at the commodities markets. And again, commodities, you can buy the uh, ETFs reflecting the price of commodities themselves. You can buy uh, funds reflecting the um, commodity mining companies, commodity producers. Uh, So those are the kind of places to look. You want to look at the things that are real, not the things that are not real. So you want to look at... um, in financial language, short duration stuff, either stuff that's returning cash to you soon as opposed to the long duration stuff, which is jam tomorrow stocks. A couple of weeks after our jaunt to the gold shop, Blaze dropped me an email to say that he'd been back there and opened a deposit box and bought two more gold sovereigns to put in it. Apparently, the vault downstairs was like something out of a movie. That's it for Money Clinic this week, and we hope you like what you've heard. If you did, spread the word and leave us a review. And if you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show, get in touch. You can email me, our address is money at ft.com, or DM me on Twitter, Instagram or TikTok. I'm at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced and edited in London by Persis Love. Our executive producer is Manuela Saragosa, our sound engineer is Breen Turner, and the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye. <laughs>